It's Enrico Palazzo! Yeah. Yeah. Enrico Palazzo! Enrico Palazzo! Enrico Palazzo! Enrico Palazzo! How about that? You should have been pulled in the form of the Another edition of the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Baseball Podcast, episode 19. Today's guest is Martin Tallman from the MotorCityBengals.com. Chris Deary is off this week as he's taking a nap, so join Michael Gauvier, your host, as he talks about the do not draft list with Martin Tallman. It's going to be a good one, so settle in. Take it away, boy. to another edition of the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Baseball Fantasy Podcast. I am Michael Gobier, your host for today. Uh, Chris Deary is out and about doing random things, having a great time, probably enjoying himself, or he may be miserable. We have no idea, but we have a, a special guest today. Um, he's none other than Mr. Martin Tallman, the legend himself, who is a contributor for fantasy purposes with the Motor City Bengals. Bangle is a website. Uh, let him introduce himself. Martin, Marty, what's up? Thank you very much, Michael. Um, well, before I start, I want to say I'm really excited to be on the podcast. I appreciate you reaching out and letting me on here. And I have to say, you have one of the best voices in the industry. I don't know. I'm not trying to gas you up here too much, but it's so distinctive and it stands out. Um, so yeah, it's just a, a pleasure to be on here. And um, yeah, super excited to kind of dive into this. Um, yeah, I write with Motor City Bengals here in a, as a fantasy analysis um, or analyst. I'm excited to kind of just go through. I mean, most of my work's going to be looking at the Detroit Tigers, which, as you know, as a Tigers fan, isn't exactly where we want to be as an organization. But, mm-hmm. you know, we're starting from the ground, really on the underground here. We're going to build ourselves up here. So, um, yeah, super excited for this podcast and more importantly to get the actual season going. Yeah. Maybe in three years you could be at the epicenter of some real tasty fantasy (laughs) goodness. Who knows? Yeah, we can, uh, I I would take three years at this point, honestly. Um, so where can people find you if they want to read your stuff or they just want to contact you on social media? Yeah, so I'm predominantly on the Twitter machine here. So um, you can add me at Tallman MT. Uh, MT are my initials, Martin Tallman. And yeah, excited to get on there. Ask me any questions. We can do some debating. Hop in. I'm always uh, readily available. And the DMs are open. Mmm. Wow. Slide in, baby. Slide in. All right. Well, I must say it's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, I don't really... I don't know Mr. Tallman that well yet, so we're getting to know each other as we do this, but he seems like a cool dude, and, uh, you know, I got a, I got an instinct for people, so I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to him about some fantasy baseball today, but first, of course, we are the fantasy podcast about baseball, and we are known simply as Palazzo Podcast on Twitter, uh, Instagram, sort of, uh, that's pretty much it. If you want to send us an email, palazzopodcast at protonmail.com. That's always fun. We love the emails. We will respond instantly because that's where it's at. And at the end of the show, or maybe towards the later part of the show, we'll mix in some of the comments we got on our Twitter thread for today's focus, which will be about people you don't want to draft. 
Now, uh, do not draft list is complicated because sometimes people fall and then the value just is too tasty to resist, even if you don't like the player. But, you know, we'll get into the details of that. But that's going to be the main focus of today's show. Um, how are you doing, first off, though, with the whole quarantine? You know, what's your status? What are you, uh, what should people know about you right now? What's cooking over there? Yeah, so, you know, just like everyone else is trying to just uh, stay, uh, stay ahead of the curve here. So um, I'm actually back home in my childhood room. Um, been helping out with the family and different capacities here over the last few months. Um, spent the last six years of my life in beautiful and sunny Los Angeles, in Santa Monica, California. I came out here in February to, to help out with the family and then kind of got stuck here. You know, uh, not be able, can't, can't travel back and forth. And so what my girlfriend and I decided is we're going to stay here in, De- in Detroit for the foreseeable future. So we're going to be starting a new life here in the city of Detroit. Um, hopefully things start to turn around as far as, you know, COVID-19 and everything like that. But as of now, family's healthy. I'm healthy. Looks like there's going to be baseball coming up. So things are on the, uh, on the up and up. Uh, how about you? That's bold, man. Wow. Detroit. Uh, complicated legacy Detroit has. The future is also complicated, but I'm excited about it. I, I'm looking forward to having you around, and uh, I hope everything works out well here. People who don't know Michigan or Detroit should know that there's a lot to offer. There's, there's a lot more going on than just gun-toting dipshits at the capitol building that nationally people Uh, see that recently you know there's much more than that you know it's not this is not a political commentary at all it's just we there's a lot to offer and michigan deserves to have you know the other voices heard and hopefully when people listen to a podcast they hear people like you and i and they we seem somewhat reasonable i think and (laughs) i think so i mean i I haven't been um toting any guns or anything like that i've been relatively low-key and i believe that uh Wearing a mask doesn't make you less of a man, nor takes away any any of your uh, uh, rights as a human. But like you said, we're not getting into that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it reminds me of what Master P said a long time ago. You know, this uh, yeah. Is, make him say, uh, huh? Or Yeah. That, well, he did <laughs> say that. That's true. He did. And he also said, you know, if you're moving weight, treat yourself to an Uzi. And, you know, that's Ooh. your American right. And I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> so uh, let's get into... Leading off. So, uh, I'm curious. Have you been watching any of the KBO at all? Has it been meeting your baseball fix? Or are you a guy that's like, you know what? I, I don't desperately need a baseball fix. I'm cool. Yeah, that, that's a complicated, complicated uh, question there. Because at first, I wanted to hop on. You know, I was following the different um, Twitter feeds. I was following uh, close to Alex Fast, who's done a great job um, covering the league. And I watched about 30 minutes of it. And I just couldn't get into it, you know. And it's no reflection of the league itself. Um, I think it's amazing what uh, South Korea has been able to accomplish as far as being able to actually play baseball and do it uh, successfully. So not taking anything away from that. But as far as the game itself, I miss I miss our uh, our Major League Baseball, but I will selfishly say that I have been paying attention to former MLB players in um, the KBO. So I've been paying attention to that. 
Wow. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I haven't watched a single game. I haven't sat down to watch any games. Uh, I've kind of popped in on Twitter, looking at other people's kind of just their sharing of information. You're, Alex Fast is a good example. Uh, there's been others. I know Jeff Erickson, who's a big fantasy baseball yep. lord. He was on TV with them the other day, and that was like a big deal. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel the same way as you do. I don't I'm not, I love baseball. It's a great sport. It's fun. Fantasy baseball is probably my favorite fantasy sport without a doubt. I hate fantasy football. I really do. And well, no, st- that's another thing we have in common. I can't, I'm not a big football guy. I mean, I grew up playing football. Um, I yeah. played fantasy football for probably a decade. Me too. But I just, yeah. I, I now I'm not in any leagues and you know what? I feel, uh, I feel better for it. Um, mm. Might be because Good. the Lions have perpetually let me down every, you know, every Sunday since I've been a little kid, but um <laughs> just it's easy general, to do that nice that's fun. very easy right. to do that yeah i think i made <laughs> yeah. a comparison to herpes with the lions the other day on twitter i was proud of that yeah. uh, that's um yeah that sounds about right yeah <laughs> i'm with you all the way though you know when the whole kaepernick thing happened it, i guess got turned off i i didn't like that was when i kind of walked away after 2017 and i played for like 17 years and i don't miss it and fantasy baseball the point of this is that you would think the KBO would be like, oh, something I would gobble up. But uh, I respect it. I'm down with it. It's fun to see guys like Dixon Machado, <laughs> you know, yep. doing his thing yep. over there. Good for him. He wouldn't be much of anything in the major leagues now. But I'm glad that he has an opportunity to play somewhere else. And I have no problem with that. Well, actually, that's a perfect segue because I did jot down some stats that did stand out from any of our KBO listeners. So speaking of Dixon Machado on the Lota Giants, and that's L-O-T-T-E, and I spent some good time on pronunciation.com to know that it's not Lodi or Lottie or whatever. It's Lota. So nice. Um, I sound woke when I say it that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's uh, Dixon Machado, as of last night, he's actually tied for fifth in home runs with four. Tied for second in RBIs with 14, and he's doing his best uh, K-Riss Davis impression, batting uh, 250 currently. So shout out <laughs> to him in the league being way more successful than he was for our Tigers. Mm, wow, that's juicy. Good job, Dixon. Proud of you. Yeah, right. He's, uh, wow. he's growing up not in front of our eyes, but <laughs> he's, he's growing up nonetheless. And, hey. Uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, that's amazing. Good for him. I mean, Dixon Machado was a guy that was boring as hell to me as a Tiger. I never had any interest in him, and I'm, I'm glad that he has some type of value somewhere else. Yeah, he's making a, uh, he's making a paycheck across the, across the pond, as they say. Uh, another person that's standing out is Preston Tucker, who let, perpetually let me down as a dynasty owner of him. When he was coming up in the Astros, I thought he was going to be incredible. Obviously, that did not happen but he's ranked first in home runs, first in RBIs, and second in batting average. So, you know, whatever that's worth, he's amazing over there. Well, he was tantalizing. It seemed like he was was somebody who didn't fit into the rebuild plans in the end, and you thought he might have. And that's disappointing because I really thought he had a great skill set, and obviously he's proving that he has something to offer. But if he probably came back over to the majors, you know, maybe he could have a rebirth. Maybe this is something that inspires him or drives him and, or maybe he's just never going to be a guy who's a major league hitter. Time will, time will tell. Yeah. But I, I'm with you on Preston Tucker. I, I bought into him a couple of times just as a waiver wire pickup, but I never did what you did. And I feel for you. Any dynasty player out there knows how much that, uh, that stings when you invest in somebody and they just don't develop. That's a big loss. It's a huge waste of your time. 
it's brutal. And I've actually spent the last week in the archives of prospect writing in the first year player draft for Motor City Bengals. I'm working on an article on, on kind of the top 10 fantasy players that are going to be coming out. And, you know, you just spend so much time just researching these kids and going through all of these statistics and college statistics, not knowing if it's ever going to pan out. You're not knowing if you are wasting your time. And so, um, yeah, so anytime a Preston Tucker like that happens, it's just, uh, it's brutal. But that's the, the fun of Dynasty. I guess, yeah. <laughs> that's a very optimistic view. I like that. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, Blake Snell. Blake Snell had some comments last week that were very hot. They really, they spiced up the Twitter world and all of social media. And everybody seems to have an opinion on it. Uh, do you have any thoughts on what he said? Do you find, I thought that he was, Blake Snell's bitter. There is a bitterness in him because he won the Cy Young and then he did sign the contract. He's not happy about it. It was five years, $50 million, which he even made comments after he signed it that he wasn't thrilled about it. So, um, I'm wondering what you think of it. Yeah. So with Blake's, so the comments, um, First off, I think the message that he was getting across overall, I agree with. Okay. Anytime we you start do. talking, I do, because I'm more on the player side in this. Now, the way that he went about it in his execution of the Rona and saying bro every other word, I think <laughs> it's hard to get out of that, you know, anything um, concrete. So, yeah. So for me, once you, you're sitting down with billionaire uh, owners, you, you come to an agreement that you're gonna, they're going to pay you X amount of money. You agree to that, you move forward. To revisit it and then to try to take away 33% more, I don't have a problem with the players sticking up for themselves. And I think he did a bad job explaining his position on it. I think people like Trevor Bauer, who I don't often agree with, I think he's done a way better job explaining that. Um, I thought it was yeah. interesting that Bryce Harper backed him up. He backed up Snell 100% in everything. So, yeah, I don't think what he said was controversial. I think most people – I think most players agree with him, whether they'll say it or not. I just think the way he said it and his execution was poor, especially sitting in front of you know, probably a bunch of high school kids on a video game streaming app. I don't, I don't, it just didn't, it didn't come across very good, especially to our traditionalists in this sport. <laughs> Well, let's be clear. I've said it before on this pod. I'm always pro player. I hate owners. I think they're scumbag. The owners have a decades long legacy of uh, racism, bigotry, and scumbagism. Just general, you know, scumbagness. So, especially you know, players, the MLB, they they always yeah. find a way to really rub you the wrong way, no matter what they do. So, yeah, yeah. Well, the NFL owners are usually my number one target for uh, hatred and disapproval. But you're right. MLB owners are right there. I mean, this is the same group of people that you know, condoned March shot for a long time. People, not that she's around anymore, but it's just an example of the legacy. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you. I, I agree with Snell's basic layout, but of course the execution was silly and uh, I have no beef with that. But then I understand his uh, resentfulness because for the last three or four, three years, player contracts have been getting squeezed And that is a People are forgetting us now because we're in this situation. Where we're just trying to see baseball, but we need to be reminded of the fact that there was a general effort, a completely concerted effort on my part by owners to start limiting contracts. The whole offseason with Dallas Keuchel and even the year, you know, with um, Mr. Mustakis, he got screwed the first time around after he left the Royals. I, 
I, uh, I firmly believe that there was collusion and uh, that makes me want to buy into what Harper and, and I, Trevor Bauer is great. I'm in with all those guys, but I, I just feel like uh, maybe we need to not worry about how it was said, but maybe that does have an impact on younger people. And I, I didn't think of it in that way, but maybe I should have. But in the end, they're all millionaires at the very least. So they shouldn't be. It's yeah, hard to be uh, billionaires, you know, getting mad at millionaires and vice versa. And, you know, for, I think what 99.9% of everyone who's working a regular job or has the you know misfortune of not even having a job to, to sit back and to, to read these um, inserts and this, hear these opinions. It's just, it's just tough for us to all wrap our mind around and be like, just play the game, get paid your, what was 3 million now 1.4, whatever it is you play, you know, you play every five days. <laughs> well, come yep. on, like, well, just, just get in there. You'll be fine. You know? So yeah, I get it. Yeah. I think the basic human being out of context, non-baseball fan who reads that will be like, well, well, that's a bunch of trash. You know, they would probably, you know, that's often how it happens too. players get taken out of context. We all get taken out of context. Hell, maybe it'll happen to you and I one day, who knows? <laughs> But I'd also like to get your take then on the uh, latest MLB proposal. Now, their proposal was all kind of packaged and ready to go, and it was shipped out by all of their lackeys in the media. Uh, I won't name any names, John Heyman. Uh, people who are into, <laughs> you know, doing the bidding of the owners because, you know, they're also trying to get access, and I understand that. It's a complicated world of reporting, but I've also been someone who doesn't believe you have to sacrifice any of your uh, integrity to be a good journalist. and. That's not the point of this, but the point is that players are going to have to be six feet apart in the stands. Um, fighting will be like strictly outlawed. There'll be no bench brawl supposedly. And I don't know how you stop that because they kind of happen anyway. I know that's kind of condoned, but they still happen. And it would be, maybe they'd be more fearful if they knew that coronavirus was a threat, but that goes behind the scenes of they're going to do like 10,000 tests a week. And I don't know where they get all of that. And they're also doing family members and, all these hospital and healthcare workers who would be involved, they would be getting care. It, it sounds very organized, but I wonder what you think. Do you think this is like a realistic proposition? No spitting, you know, things like that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, before we, uh, before I hopped on this podcast, I was thumbing through the 67 pages of the health guidelines. So I know this inside and out. Uh, no, just kidding. I, I haven't, <laughs> but I mean, just to kind of paint a picture for our listeners of, what a normal day is going to be, and I say normal in parentheses uh, or in quotations, a normal day for a player, you know, so they're going to wake up, take their temperature. If it's under 100 degrees, they are allowed to eat. So good for them, right? They can eat, shower. Once they're done with that, they must take their temperature again. If it stays under 100 degrees, they are allowed to go to the stadium. Um, and once it's even get to the stadium, they have to take these pre-approved buses uh, that go at certain times and they have to keep the windows down the whole way there. Once they arrive, they have to put a mask on, which is fine, but then they take their temperature again. It, after being cleared three times on temperature, then they're finally allowed to go work out, go to the club room or, or whatever it is. And like you said, they have to say uh, six feet away, um, social distancing throughout the whole day which is going to be one of my questions is how are they going to be able to keep 50 people six feet apart at all times? That's roughly about how many people are going to be in these facilities. It seems like, I don't know how big these club rooms are, but it seems like they're going to have to be a little bit bigger. Um, yeah. 
and then once they're in the facility, they may even, it might be their day to take the, the random Corona test itself and, and be swabbed. Um, and then once, and assuming they, don't, they pass and they're, you know, they're healthy and they're good, which is the goal of this whole thing. Yeah, they can't use hot tubs, saunas, steam rooms, no spitting, no sunflower seeds, no high fives, no hugs or anything. I don't, it just, it just seems to me like, yes, I want baseball back and, you know, but the form of baseball we're going to get, I don't know how they're going to be able to just to, to hold up to these guidelines. And what wasn't um, addressed at all in any of this is what's the punishment? You know, let's say someone hits a, a walk off home run and they high five, you know, they high five their teammate. What happens? All right. Yeah. Uh, they suspended or they fined. It's just, it's it's wild, you know. It's and if wild. they're quarantined, if they're quarantined, if they do test positive, this is the fantasy impact that you cannot really, you can't prep for. It's just such an unknown if it might or may or if it won't happen at all, right? Right. I mean, and, and so let's say they do test positive. What I think is very interesting is they aren't automatically going to abide by the 14-day rule, where you know you're you're quarantined, you're isolated for 14 days. They. The way it is, from what I read, it's going to be seven days without any contact, isolation. And then from there, you have to test negative for the COVID-19 twice in a row to be able to come back. And if you do test positive throughout any of that time, they're also going to do, um, they're also going to trace it back and get to um, be in contact with every single person you were in contact with and then test them as well. So I think you... <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know how it's going to happen. And with all of these tests at the same, in the same breath, they're saying that they're not, they're not taking any away from the public. And I don't know how that's even possible considering that we have not hit any, I think the most states haven't hit the threshold of the certain amount of tests needed each day to be able to really curve this thing and have a really good idea of what's going on. And MLB is going to be using 10,000s of these, you know, you know, so many through the day, day in, day out. It seems like a public relations nightmare. <laughs> oh, man. You're so right. I Actually, not that the players have dug in a bit here, it's the first time I've really thought that there won't be a season. I was locked in, completely confident there will be baseball at some point, but maybe, maybe it really doesn't end up happening. I, I think I'm – the more, yeah, so before all of this came out and just the idea of having a season and seeing like the KBO go up and you know, be pretty successful with that, I was like, oh, there's going to for sure be a season. I, I read something that the MLB owners are losing $75 million a day or something crazy like that. So I'm like, oh, they're going to work this out for sure. But then you get into the logistics and what needs to be met, um, it becomes dicey real quick. And then another thing that hasn't been addressed at all in any of this documentation is what if a player on the road tests positive? There's no mm -hmm. protocol. There's none. The, the owners, they have a specific protocol if their own player gets sick within their jurisdiction, but there's no protocol. Let's say, you know, if uh, Kenta Maeda, you know, after striking out 12 tires in a row <laughs> the day afterward, <laughs> he's, he's still in Detroit and he's like, oh, well, actually he's sick. You know, what does he do? What happens? I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. You're right. 
Uh, this, look how hard this is. We're just a couple of doofuses talking about baseball. It's so hard to implement all this and make this a reality. That's why I don't envy any of the situations these people are in at all. Whew. But I will tell you this. If you have any thoughts about fantasy baseball or this current baseball proposal, maybe you're a KBO fanatic. Why don't you write in? Hit us up at Plaza Podcast at ProtonMail.com. That's two L's, two Z's, as always. And you can hit us on Twitter. So that's a fun place to check out the Palazzo podcast. Now it is time for fantasy. Let's talk fantasy. Let's open with the Tigers. This should be pretty quick. Uh, you know, uh, I love Martin- what you said in, on Twitter where you said, you know, we're going to take 30 seconds and go through <laughs> the uh, relevant uh, Detroit Tiger. And I was like, 30 seconds, that's bold. It may take less time than that. <laughs> yeah. Good one. But, you know, Martin writes about the Tigers for fantasy on the uh, MCB website. So I thought it'd be cool. We both are uh, born and raised Michiganders. We've experienced the highs and the lows, the big lows, and the almost super highs of Detroit baseball over, you know, last 30 years or so. There's been a lot of fun. And I'm wondering, beyond Matthew Boyd, I mean, we could talk about Matt Boyd, but he clearly is probably the main target of the general fantasy industry's desire. Is there anyone besides him, or would you like to start with talking about how great Matt Boyd is? I will want to touch on Matt Boyd a little bit because he I've seen him on a few bus lists and you know, I want to be able to set the record straight here. So I am Please not do. A, yes. So first off, I will Matt Boyd's our ace for better or for worse. Um, he's a, he's a, he's solid. He's a solid pitcher. You know, I think if in a, from a fantasy perspective, if he can be your third pitcher or if you're, if you double down, maybe do a pocket aces approach, and he's your fourth pitcher, you're going to put yourself in a really good spot. So as far as a, a shorter season, my goal is to get as many young players as possible. He's 29, so he's, he's, he's in a good spot there. Um, his ADP is currently around 156, and I based that off the NFBC drafts over the last month and a half. So that sandwiches him somewhere in between Robbie Ray, who's going at 154, and Kenta Maeda, who's going at 160. I would prefer to have Boyd more than both of those guys, without a doubt. He's ninth in K percentage at 30.2. His K percentage puts him ahead of Walker Bueller, Strasburg, and Flaherty. So he's, he has an, a good out pitch with anyone in a 5x5 five five Roto League where you know k's are very important obviously you're not gonna get as many wins uh, if you're in a quality start league it'll probably help you out even more but he's gonna be able to get you some k's so from where he's going i think he's in a good spot um but i won't shy away from his era 4.56 last year um his xfip this is optimistic his xfip said he's about a 3.88 pitcher with the Sierra of 3.61. So there may be, I think there's going to be better days ahead of him. If you curb your enthusiasm for him. Yeah. 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 Insert the sound clip uh, in, in post, please. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, he's going to be solid. You know, if he's like I said, your third or fourth pitcher on your uh, you know on your fantasy team, you're going to be in a good spot. Third or fourth, huh? 
So, mm -hmm. you know, it's fascinating. He's never, this maybe isn't fair to him, but he's never had an ERA under four and it's kind of not close. And I wonder if that's a fair assessment because he's still trying to figure things out. He's on a really bad team. So I can understand that being a problem, but still there are good pitchers who've been on questionably or bad teams that have been able to put up good numbers. So I don't think that's a fair excuse either. I do like that he's really worked hard on a, a possible changeup to mix in more this offseason and coming into this season if it happens. So he's got a repertoire. It's just a matter of will it all come together finally this year. And I tend to agree with you. I, I like him uh, quite a bit. Although I – now that you mention it, this is just a side note, Kenta Maeda is – ADP is kind of low. He should be higher, in my opinion. That's just a side thought that kind of popped in my head. So. Well, and I actually really agree with that, especially if he's going to be playing um, the AL Central so much. Right. He's gonna, like, it, I, I think he has the potential without, being, without his um, innings being limited, as they always were with the Dodgers, and then throwing out that. Uh, there's something in his contract where if he goes over X amount of innings, he gets paid, like, an ungodly amount of money. So with the shortened season, that's not going to happen. So I think they're just going to let, you know, let him loose, you know? So I, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think he has an opportunity to be, you know, at least a, I'd say a, a top 35 pitcher. I mean, it's a little bold, but somewhere around. Yeah. That. I like it. Hell yeah. I think he could be absolutely top 30. I have no problem with that depending on the situation and format. Um, what about anybody else? Is there anybody, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the, I mean, Nico Goodrum's been a guy that's been interesting in certain points. Uh, Miggy's old as hell, and he's really fallen off. But if he could have a decent OBP, maybe he's useful in OBP league still. Uh, what are what are some other players that you think are maybe undervalued on the Tigers? Well, yeah, just quickly go with Nico Goodrum. I mean, anyone that can give you in a shortened season, you know, I think he's going to give you um, double-digit steals, double-digit home runs. And he's going to play – multiple positions so if you're in a deep league 15 teams he can be a middle infielder or a bench spot and, and be fine uh miguel cabrera i am side note my favorite baseball player of all time so take this all this with a, a grain of salt here but um he's in great shape i don't do the great shape thing because who doesn't he's in the best shape of his life i mean right i'm not that's not yeah. that's not the, the the pillar of my argument but Hall of Fame swing, like you said, if he can maintain a good OBP, he can bat 280, maybe something north of that. He can be somewhat useful in extremely shallow position, which is first base in a in a, in a big you know 15 or more um, team league. So, but last, there really isn't too many people. the 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 cupboards are bare in this. You know, um, uh, Joe Jimenez. That would be the the only other guy only because he's for sure going to be our closer. That's it. That, that's, yep. that's the biggest – that's what makes him the most fantasy relevant. He's flanked by Ian Kennedy um, and the – yeah, I mean, he's looking at about a 4.02 ERA. He's roughly going to get about 13 saves. It's useful. It's useful in 12-team league. Someone – and this is just overall my strategy here for fantasy – I'm going to try to get as many low-end closers as possible. Someone in the third, as many third-tier closers, and that's where he fits. Get three or four of those. That way, you don't have to invest too high in a top ranking. You know, in your, you know, 
the top ones. I'm trying to stay away from that and not spend too much money on those. So if you can get two or three of people in his tier, I think you're going to do fine. I would agree with that completely. The only other question I have for you is what about Mize Manning? Is, is this all off the table now? But maybe it's not because with the shortened season and no minor league baseball, most likely, are we just going to watch these guys just fart around for a year? Good question. Um, and, and no one right now can answer that. So how it's going to break down. What? No, be- no. There's always an answer. Come on. <laughs> unless bullshit. you have a, a villa, you know, in your, uh, unless you have a cell phone number, like, this is how it's going to break down. So the rosters are expanded to the 30 plus a 20 man taxi squad. Assuming, you know, Mize and Manning will be a part of that. I would, I mean, we were hoping to see them in July, right? If all things were normal, your standard season, they would be up around this time. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it makes more sense financially for them just to kind of just play simulated games in Florida for the next year or to throw them to the wolves, sort of say. If it was up to me, I would love to see them. I would, I'd bring them up and just let them – let's see what's going on here. But I, I, don't, I don't have an answer for that, unfortunately. And I've been, uh, I've been scouring Twitter and the internet and looking for as many answers for that as possible, and I, they're just not there. What, what have you heard? Oh, I completely agree with you. First off, I'd like to commend you for saying you don't know. There's nothing wrong with saying that. I, I don't like when people try to think they know the answers or try to create an answer that doesn't exist. It's okay, and that's fine. I'm cool with it. Well, I don't know either. What the hell do I know? I'm just some guy sitting at a dining room table in Ann Arbor, Michigan. So I would like to think it'd be fun to see them play. But of course, like you said, they're greedy and they want to hold on to the service time as long as they can. They're also at a time and place where people are really itching for baseball. So I, I, they always, but the people don't think like me. The people in charge don't think like us. I think it's fair to say. They think how they think in a very conservative and patient way. And they're not like radical people by any means. So that would lead me to believe that, uh, yeah, we'll probably just see them on the sidelines throwing simulated games, hanging out, just trying to stay in shape and keeping their arms active as much as possible to try to simulate what they would do if there was a real season. Which may be, it may be for the best because I, our Tigers aren't going anywhere this year or next year or the year <laughs> after that. So, you know. That's very kind of you. <laughs> so give them some time you know give them some time just to redefine their skills and get get as good as possible and come back strong for the 2021 season and they can start maybe right at the beginning so did i tell you i have a personal vendetta against chris illich uh, no but i i want i'm interested to hear it oh yeah uh, i just this is a fantasy baseball show. Uh, we'll talk about that some other time. But all I'm saying, I just don't believe in him at all. I have a very low opinion of him. I respected Michael a lot more. And that takes a lot for me to do that because I already have a low opinion of people in those positions anyway. So, yeah, I don't have an optimistic view. And I think saying in three years something good will happen with the squad could be a fluke. I could see a double rebuild, you know, a, a redo of a redo. Ah, the Barry Detroit Lynch. Pistons. Yeah. Got yeah, exactly. The whole 2010. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, uh, with Illich, I'm still waiting for there to be a good amount of shopping and grocery stores and other things other than parking lots in, uh, in Detroit. So, yeah, I think we'll, uh, along with the Detroit Tigers, we have to wait two to three years to see if anything's going to change about that. 
But yeah, so this is not uh, the the format for that. Sad. It's real sad. We had some great <laughs> no, times, man. The Tigers were everything in the city for many years. So I'll, I appreciate that, and I'll always remember the good times we had and you know the pain of 2013 and feeling like that was the year we'd finally do it, not doing it, and then watching Brad Ausmus and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, it's all just kind of – it all ended, and now here we are. This is perfect. Here we are. And, I'll, and I have to just say this anytime this conversation comes up. If Benoit just would have walked David Ortiz or just pitched around him, I don't care if we walk in a run, I think we'd be singing a different tune. I think we'd have a ring, and we wouldn't have the stupid image of the bullpen cop and Tory Hunter flipping over the, the wall. and uh, <laughs> The security guard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's just – yeah. I'm not bitter. But no, no, no. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're, no, we're, sound, <laughs> we're very, very content people here. Yes. Let's move on to something more exciting like the uh, do not draft list. There to we bring go. it on a more positive note. More optimism. That we're avoiding. Yeah, more optimism. Exactly. So the do not draft list, uh, you can interpret it however you like by listening to this podcast. Um, I would like to know, how do you interpret this list? Yeah, so I think there's a couple different ways to go about it. For me it mostly starts with ADP and who can I get instead of that person at a later time. And so this isn't, for the most part, this isn't, oh, I, I can't stand this player. I don't think he's any good. He's trash. I never want to draft him. Although there are some people on my list that do fall in that category. For me, it's mostly about who's just too expensive. Who's someone that overperformed last year, whose expected stats are definitely going to decline, maybe who skill set has declined or speed has declined, and they're just going too high and looking for a good alternative in the, later in the draft to be able to optimize every slot. I like that. That is a good breakdown. I know there are players that I can't stand. Uh, Charlie Blackman comes to mind. For some reason, he's become the bane of this podcast. He's just someone who... <laughs> he's got a lot to offer. He's probably a cool dude. He's got a sweet beard. Awesome hair. Beard. Yeah. Yep. He's probably a sweet dude, but when those steals go away and if he ends up leaving Coors Field at some point, I don't, I can't prove that. I don't know that'll happen, but he's also getting older. He's 33 years old. He's going to deteriorate at some point. I'm just off that bandwagon. And to me, that's a guy that I think of right off the bat because his ADP right now is just ridiculous. I, to me, I, I'm baffled by it, and I would always avoid it. It's a 37 on average on fantasy pros, and that's crazy to me. I, I think the reality of his 44 on NFBC drafts shows that people who put a lot of money into this and really know what they're doing are a little mm -hmm. more wise. And even 44 might be a little too high, but that shows you that people are waiting much later in those types of drafts. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, if I can get him late fifth, um, you know, or sixth round, ideally, you know, I think that's fine. Um, he's the steals are gone. The, the days where he was, you know, first, he was a first round pick at one point, you know, and those days are long gone. His sprint speed has deteriorated. He's going to hit you close to 300 because he's still in cores. He's going to get you 25 home runs, maybe something north of that. But at this point, I mean, that's not worth where he's going. And I think, more pessimistically, I think the wheels have fallen off. I don't think he's ever going to get north of those numbers. And I've clearly – I stayed away from him last year, and he did okay. But this year, I'm completely out on him. I agree. All right. I mean, 
32 home runs, 112 runs. That's those are cool numbers. I mean, having a 364 OBP with a 314 batting average is a lot of fun. And he mm-hmm. is a career, you know, 304 hitter. So I got no beef with that. He's had a great career. He really has. I just don't. I'm always about what's happening next. So uh, what about you? Who else is uh, someone on your list? Yeah, and this pains me to – this is number one on my list is going to be Fernando Tatis Jr. And it pains Whoa. me to say this. Right? Yeah. He's one of – he's probably my most favorite player to watch play baseball. He's super exciting to watch in the limited amount of time we got to see him last year. But his ADP is way too high for me. I mean, he's going you know, late – so I've seen him early second round, but mostly mid to late second round or third round. Um, he hit 317 last year, 22 home runs and 16 stolen bases and only 334 at bats. So looking at it right there, I mean, it's a no brainer. I mean, he could possibly be the number one pick next year, but if you, if you pull up the, um, you know, look under the hood on some of these, uh, some of the stats, I don't like what I see. Highest bad bit in all of baseball. For someone with that many at bats, a bad bit before ten, so that's going to go down. You know, his average could plummet all the way down to a two seventy. You know, I, I don't think that's too far out of the um, out of the range there, making him more of like a Raul, uh, like a Mondesi player. Um, his ISO was two seventy two, and he had the had an extremely high home run to fly ball ratio, extremely high. So I don't think he's going to be able to sustain his power numbers. Um, and then go, moving into his plate discipline, um, his plate discipline reminds me of Javi Baez, and that's not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, 15.6 swinging strike percentage, 31.8 uh, O swing percentage, and a Z contact of 80%. So without diving too far into what those uh, stats mean, basically he just swings whatever he wants to swing at. And he's just his strikeout rate. I think is going to be high for the foreseeable future. Um, so you add that to his high ADP, um, lack of plate discipline, and he's injury prone. I know. I know it was only one year, but if you if you actually w- like watch him and see how he plays, he's very volatile. He's going to be diving all over the infield. He's going to be making amazing plays, and he's going to try to steal as much as possible. And in this shortened season where if the guy gets an injury that puts him on the the IL for two weeks, that's like being on it for a month because it's only half a season. And I just can't invest that high of a pick in someone where I'm just going to be worried every single time they're out there that they're going to get hurt. And another part of – um, my breaking down of, of a do not draft list is who would I rather have? And with shortstop being so deep, and this is no longer the nineties or the early two thousands where shortstop, it was really hard to come across one. So you had to get one within the first few picks. Shortstop is one of the deepest positions in all of baseball. So I would rather wait until, you know, pick 90, you get Marcus Simeon or Tim Anderson at pick 96, which is what they're going at the NFBC over the last month. Um, but yeah, Staying away. It's a rock solid case you're making there. I got no beef with that either. That's he's a guy who is injury prone. He does strike out, and he probably hit too high. And he's probably he doesn't belong in that batting average category. I completely agree with you. Uh, his minor league numbers also show the same type of trends. He had a great walk rate in single A, but he hasn't really matched that in any other time since. You know, I agree. I'm with you. I like that. I. 
I really like his potential. Players do grow. He's still learning the game, and he will grow. So that's something that you can't quantify. You just know it because if you are having any type of experience with baseball, that's just what happens. Players get better the older they get. But will he get better in those specific categories? Or we also have the classic kind of, oh, I hit a wall type of season where he doesn't get better, and then he eventually gets better two years later. Who wants to play all those games? What do you could have? any of those other shortstops that you just mentioned. I, I'm with you there completely. Yeah, I think in a dynasty, it's, that's fine. You know, I don't have any problem with someone going really aggressive at him, but, you know, just for this year alone, I'd stay away. For me, I also would stay away from Eloy Jimenez, only because it's not Interesting. Because I'm excited good, to hear this. He's a good player. I mean, he's, again, this is another guy who's got – a lot to offer. We know that he will probably right now, the lineup says he's not hitting cleanup at all. He's going to be hitting lower in the order. That's a problem I have. And it's also mixes in with his ADP right now, which is something that I just can't get on board with. It's around, you know, pick 60 on average. I can't do that. I would much rather wait and have outfielders. I'd rather wait on Gene Carlos Stanton later, who I feel if he's healthy, could totally outproduce Eloy Jimenez. I'd rather have Jorge Soler at 84. It's not even close to me. Jorge Soler is what Eloy Jimenez would like to be already. So Eloy Jimenez is a fun player. I really like his game. I love his bat. He's only 23 years old. He's got a great future ahead of him. He hit 31 home runs last year in 122 games. He's somebody who the White Sox want to be a part of the future, and the White Sox will be the team most likely of the 2020s. I really believe that because they just have so much talent coalescing all at once, which is also bad news for the Tigers, by the way. Really is. But I, yep. <laughs> I can't get on board. I can't get on board of that ADP right now. I just can't do it. I'm actually with you on that as well. I mean, at his ADP, he offers no swipes at all. I mean, he's not going to steal you any bases. Um, there is upside with him being in that lineup. I mean, it's a much improved White Sox lineup as you as you were going into, but. Yeah, I, I would definitely rather have Jorge Soler. I mean, he's going to – it's a shortened season, but he might be able to hit you 25, 30 bombs in a short amount of time. And I actually believe in his uh, batting average. I think he, he's going to be able to maintain that. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'd rather have former Tiger Nick Castellanos too. Me That's... too, especially – oh, and that, um, in that ballpark, they, I was looking at a spray chart and they put it over um, – what is it? The Great American Park? I think that's what our Great American Field or Great American Ballpark. Yep. Great American Ballpark. Yeah. Um, he's going to have a bunch of home runs and I think he's going to be able to maintain that swag that he had on the Cubs. And he's just going to just continue to make Tiger, uh, Tiger fans feel terrible. Yeah. Yeah. They'll always look back at, wow, we got nothing for him basically. Great. Yep. <laughs> just like JD Martinez. And, uh, oh God, we gotta get away. We gotta get away from the tires. They're just ruining. We really us. do. Yeah, this is. Um, yeah, this is. A, we're, we're in a. We're in a ship and it's sinking. Yeah. <laughs> what else do you got? Who else on your list? Um. Yeah. So I. I want to stay away from Pete Alonso. And mm. look, he has one of the best nicknames in baseball. He's the Polar Bear. I love that about him. All right, that makes him almost draftable just on the spot. But um, ADP currently of thirty. Rookie of the Year honors, and whether it's irrational or rational or not, none of the above, I, I believe in the sophomore slump, okay? And I just can't invest in someone that high who sh I believe is just going to hit you home runs. 
that's what, you know, and I know you understand he's at a shallow position he's at first base, which I really like, but you know, when there's people so, so much later in the draft, you know, like a Matt Chapman or Fremio Reyes or Jorge Soler, I would rather wait and get my home runs then because home runs are plenty plentiful. And I just, yeah, I just can't do it. That's interesting. You've mentioned two guys who just finished their first full season in the majors. Um, I don't know if that's coincidence or not, but maybe that's a trend where you, you also said that you were going to try to target younger players. So I find that not to challenge that you don't know what you're talking about at all because you got great stuff. I'm just saying that. What do you think of that? What do you think of uh, trying to target younger players? Cause you think they'll adapt better, but also avoiding guys at certain values because you just don't think it's worth it. Right. No, that's a good question. So for Pete Alonzo specifically, anyone that just hits home runs and they are just a one category specialist. I just can't do it. I have moved away from those players, the K Riss Davises, the Malik Smiths. And as far as his, um, his age, I'm more worried about the players later in the, more of the players that are older in the getting injury prone. Right. And I've read, was reading something they were talking about how, Older players are just really set in their ways. So that's why I'm moving more further away from the uh, older players. But it's just there's something about Pete Alonzo, you know. And I think a big part of fantasy sports is just going with that inner voice. You know, it may be a little irrational sometimes, but I just, I just can't do it. But now no challenge you, away. I love it. Now you're speaking my lingo, though. I, I think it's important in fantasy that we have – a voice that says, hey, because everybody's got numbers. we got numbers coming out of our ass everywhere. We have so much information, and we're very lucky to live at this time. We're getting so much data that we have almost every facet of baseball covered, and yet we still don't have it because people keep creating more stats that go even deeper than the previous one. You know, you got ERA, then you got FIP, then you got XFIP, then you got Sierra, and so on. It just keeps building, and sometimes that intuition you and your experiential knowledge of watching baseball for a long time, knowing something that you can't, you can't really define. You can't express it sometimes, but you know it and you just make choices based off of that. That is part of the game. It will always be a part of the game. And I, I kind of want to hang my head in that arena because everybody can throw out data. You and I can share numbers left and right, but what our guts tell us based on what we know about baseball and its history can give us a little bit of an edge sometimes and we, we could be wrong just like data can be wrong exactly and um on a side note with pete alonzo he said that he had a, a few weeks after it wasn't the home run derby that messed up a swing it was that mercury was in retrograde and that led to three bad <laughs> weeks of him hitting that's a quote by the way he just said it on a podcast a few days ago and i just couldn't believe it <laughs> so you know he's as superstitious as us so Ah, 25 years old. Wow. Yep. I, by the way, have, uh, I mentioned Alazo a couple of months ago when we talked about uh, first baseman preview. He, and I think he's kind of, it's not fair to say universally, but he's been overwhelmingly targeted. Not to minimize what you put out there, because that's good stuff. But th- I think we're all kind of weary of a guy who explodes like that. And then the value skyrockets. And we're all trying to top each other by getting best value of uh, and, and when a guy has a season like that but he's also someone who's at a position that has has a 
a low, it has a quick drop off, right? There's not a lot of first baseman in the top 100 that we could really bank on depending on what kind of format you play and the eligibility of players. So I think Pete Alonso is already getting a lot of run with this extended layoff, making it more obvious that, Hey, I don't think I want to go that high. So I, I just want to commend you on your pick. It's an excellent choice. And I think we'll, in the end of the season, if it ever happens, we'll look back and say, you know what? Pete Alonso, we were right. We nailed that one. Or he hits uh, 35 home runs in 82 games and we look foolish. But, no, uh, that's no, the- <laughs> no. That's a lie. That's impossible. That would never happen. That would be if Mercury went back into ret. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, you had me. I, thought- <laughs> <laughs> I also am avoiding uh, Jose Abreu. I'm on the White Sox bandwagon here. Avoiding White Sox it. players. I, I love Jose Abreu, actually. So I want, really? I want to hear this. I do. Yep. Oh, wow. Well, 74 ADP on average, according to Fantasy Pros. And he's a guy who I have always avoided. It's just been my thing. Jose Abreu is a rock-solid guy, though, because year to year he gives you almost the same stats, depending on the year. He had one kind of questionable year a couple seasons ago, and I think it was 2017. But other than that, he's been consistent. He's a guy who'll give you, what, like a 280 to 390, you know, 280 to 300 average. He's hit 300. He's had seasons where he, oh, let's see, 33 home runs, 22 and 33 the last three seasons. The walk rate, though, is where I get bummed out. 5%, 6%, 5% the last three years. I don't like guys to do that. The K rate jumped a little bit from 19 to 21%, from 18 to 19. Um, but the BABIP shows that he's not a guy who's like a lucky hitter either. You know, his BABIP ranges from anywhere to 330 to 300, depending on the season. But actually, the 2018 season was his outlier with 294. So. He's not a bad player at all. He's actually quite consistent. He also hits the ball as hard as anybody. His exit velocities and his hard hit rate are, are excellent. He's a guy that you can count on to give you a rock-solid season. But I still feel that I can get better value later because I just like guys who get on base more. And he also, he also pulled the ball a lot more than he ever did last year, a 44% pull percentage. I wonder if, if age is going to start catching up with him. So that's, that's basically where I come out on this. I just wonder if he's the guy that you want to have on a team. If it's OBP league, I really do avoid him, and I'd much rather wait and have other guys at first base. Like, uh, ooh, let me see. Let me give you a good example. I think I would actually wait on, like, a Reese Hoskins at 111. I really would. Or if, you, if Miguel Sano's out. Especially eligible. in an OBP league, yeah. Yeah. Oh, an OBP league for sure. He led yeah. the National League in walks last year. but. Even a guy like Carlos Santana or Miguel Sano, 116, I'd rather have those guys. I just think there's not much of a difference in the production there, and that's really the only reason in the end. Okay. I like Abreu um, for his ADP with NFBC. He's, he's about 73 over the last uh, month. Um, he's going to hit you close to 300. Um, in a regular season, he'll get you 30 home runs, so we'll probably be looking for 15 you know, overall here. He led the majors in RBIs last year right and he may not be able to duplicate that but he's in a better lineup which we've noted so yeah. i think he's he's got a high floor hmm. and if he's going around paul goldschmidt i'd rather have him paul goldschmidt is just going after him at 74 and a little bit further up uh, the next first baseman is matt olson well actually i love matt olson so let's i'll stomach that 
Everybody loves medals. and uh, Yeah, that doesn't fit my <laughs> argument, so I'm going to ignore it because that's what we do here. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I think he's, he's going to be really solid. I'd rather have him over Anthony Rizzo. Really? I would. Oh, man, no way. I can't do that. Anthony Rizzo is just <laughs> so reliable, man. Well, actually, I wanted to uh, bring that up. I was listening to the Turn 2 podcast where you, you were on it. Um, you guys were going through the, the Cubs breakdown. And um, not to hop into one of my other do-not-draft guys, but you, you describe Anthony Rizzo possibly as the, the wife or girlfriend who you've had for a long time, and you just kind of, you know, you, you overlook them at a certain point, right? They're not as sexy <laughs> as they once were, whatever it is. <laughs> For me, and because I can just quickly go through this, um, Joey Votto is on my do not draft list. And not because he's not sexy anymore, but because he's hurt me way too many times. Oh, you know? no, you poor baby. Man, that's terrible. He, he's, like, he's like the girlfriend who you got with. You're really excited. She was amazing for so long. Then she cheated on you. But, oh. But then you guys got back together. Because, you oh. know, what she said she changed. She was going to be better. And you believed her. And then in 2019, she did the exact same thing again to you. So, Joey Votto, the man, we, I love you. You're a great guy. You're an ambassador of baseball. But Joey Votto, the fantasy player, you are dead to me. I'm sorry. So, yes. First of all, why is anyone listening to anything I'm saying? I can't believe <laughs> I thought I could just say whatever I want. Nobody would ever, like, come back and say anything about it. So, damn it. Wow. I really put myself in a situation here. You really actually, did. You better watch out. Yeah, I, I, seriously. But I, I believe in uh, Anthony Rizzo. I always will. Uh, Joey Votto, though, I think you're probably onto something there. And that's not like, a, you know, first, I'm really sorry you got hurt. That's not fair. That shouldn't happen to anybody. Uh, you don't deserve that. You're better than that. So just know that, Martin, okay? I appreciate it. Thanks, You Martin. got it. But, I mean, yeah. 36 home runs in 2017. Last two years, 12 and 15. That's 27 combined in the last two years. That is... I know it's not a deep data cut, but that's that's almost all I need to see. Uh, it's almost like he's gone the Miguel Cabrera route where the party's over, in a sense. Yep. Um, I mean, even his average is bottoming out 261 last year, and he played. He had 608 played appearances last year. So he was I rostered ma- him for almost every one of them. Oh, man. <laughs> that does hurt. Now I understand this deep pain. This makes a lot more sense. And this yep. is a, a, a career... A career guy of, uh, when it comes to OBP, a 421, but he had a 357 last year. To me, those are all I need to read where I'm, I'm off. I'm completely with you. I wouldn't even, uh, I probably wouldn't even wait for the value. I would just kind of stay away. Completely. Nope. He's going at two, around 268, which, I mean, that's, I guess that's value, but still, I mean, the plate discipline is at an all-time low. His strikeout rate is at an all-time high. When you watch him play and you watch the ball off the bat, it's just not there anymore. So it's, um, you know, it's just, uh, it's time to move on, as they say. So. It is. It's time to start fresh. Yeah. Time to pick up your bags, move away, and find someone new. Yep. No doubt about it. And I <laughs> I think that Joey Votto has been a great player. I've loved watching him. I mean, didn't he, he had never, like, popped out to first base or something until, like, last year it finally happened. It was some yes. crazy stat. I Yeah, I remember seeing that statistic on Twitter for years. You know, how many at-bats he's had without ever popping it up, and then he finally did. So, yep. yeah, that was the final straw. <laughs> yeah it was i think it was for a lot of people <laughs> um i wanted to get into some of the uh commentary we had a twitter thread today where we threw out hey we're doing the do not draft list what are some of your guys' thoughts so i wanted to give a shout out and some comments to the people who took the time to respond uh the upper decker podcast by the way to bring it back to matt boyd he the upper decker podcast said matthew boyd that's all i've got for you when it comes to tigers <laughs> so 
No um, love. No love, yeah. Not at all. And then we also uh, had some comments on Darvish. You Darvish. This is from uh, Toast568. His name is Ron. And he says that Darvish is someone he would avoid. Blackman, Charlie Blackman. And then Bumgarner, yep. Madison Bumgarner, and Justin Upton, to name a few. So, oh, you quickly, anything on those players? Um, yeah, so quickly on Upton, I am fully on board again. He's, yes. I think he's been one of the most consistent home run hitters that we've had, you know, over the last five, six years in the league. Last year he was hurt, um, you know, so I, I believe, especially in that new revamped Angels lineup, which is basically just Anthony Rendon, but that's a huge upgrade. I think he's going to do <laughs> r- really well, you know, so I'm in on him. So am I. I, com- I completely agree with Madison Bumgarner, though, completely. Um, he's no longer in the friendly confines of San Francisco. He'll be moving to Arizona. Um, last year he had a career, um, high, uh, 1.3 home run per nine ratio and a career low 35.8% ground ball rate. So the balls are flying, you know, off the bat there. He's no longer in San Francisco to hold him in. And he had a career worst 3.9 ERA. So I agree. Uh, I agree with, the. Uh... Bumgarner, although if he went down more from where he's at in ADP, I might get on board. I still think he's a gutsy guy who just makes it happen still. And I actually like Arizona's team a lot. His ADP on average is 120, and if he fell maybe the 130s or 140, I would jump on that. I really would. But it would have but to be a situational moment for me. Right. I mean, but if you look at his splits, I mean, not even going to his career splits, but just last year. So a 2.93 ERA at home. 5.29 on the road. 5.29. I just. Is that bad? It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> he did the yeah. 207 innings, though. I mean, this guy is just a rock. Yeah. In, in real baseball life, he's perfect because he he's an innings eater. But Especially, I mean, and he broke my heart, you know, when he beat the, with the Tigers. So, you know, this is, I can even give him some compliments, but, you know. Yeah, so is ADP being around there? I'd rather have Zach Gallon at 123. That's about oh, roughly yeah. where he's going. And Max Absolutely. Freed's at 134. So you can even wait around and get Max Freed, and I would do that. So um, I think he's probably be a guy who has like around a four ERA now. I mean, he was able to get just under four last year, but his FIP kind of matched that up. His ex-FIP wasn't far off. So it seems like that's what he might be now. <sighs> Yeah, I'll leave it at that. But I also, uh, as far as you, Darvish, though, I have to disagree with Toast586. Ron, Ron, I can't get on board. You, Darvish, found the answer last year, his second half. If you listen, like you said, to that uh, Cubs preview on the Turn 2 podcast, uh, Mm you, Darvish, was glowingly reviewed because he figured it out and had, what, seven walks in three months, the last three months of the season? It was ridiculous. And I'm on board with you, Darvish, all the way. And I'm I'm be compl- I'm with I'm with Mr. Toast here. Whoa. Anytime, anytime someone does, I mean, okay. So if you look at the the back end of the year, it was one of the up with Jack Flaherty. I mean, he was probably the best pitcher in baseball. Yeah. Right. But what about before that, <laughs> where he was awful? And actually, and this is where you know fantasy you have to be able to separate the the feelings. I had him on my team for the first half of the year, so I was going through the ups and downs of all the walks all the three, you know, those couple outings where he'd give up a bunch of runs in, in the first couple innings. And 
where he's – I don't have his – do you have his ADP in front of you? I don't currently have it, but yeah, I feel like – Yeah, uh, it's like 60, 50 or 60 last I checked. Uh, okay, that's not, too, that's not too crazy, but I was just – you know, I'd rather – I would – I'm moving on from him as well. Yeah, it's, it's exactly just, 60 right now, 60 points. 60. Okay, that's not – okay. I was thinking maybe it was in the 40s, so – because I've heard him go with – some people are taking Ooh. him in the third, fourth round, and it's just like, yeah, eh. <laughs> Not for me. Uh, If he figured it, this is like the Jose Ramirez conundrum. If uh, he figured it out last year, you know, and 82 games is a half a season, essentially. So if you get a half a season, that's a good one. Then you're going to get them. Yeah. Well, uh, but if you're not, he started off the season terribly. So maybe we'll get that for the 82 games and he'll be one of the worst pitchers in baseball. I don't know. Yeah, you're right, man. You never know if some of these guys are more creatures of habit than others. And you also said if you're liking younger guys, you know, you Darvish is 33 years old and he's been around for a bit. Maybe he's a guy who really relies on the routine. You never know. That's just a hearsay. We can't prove that. But, yeah, I see your point. I, I, I'm a disagree, though. I, I would buy in on Darvish because I just love – he's got so many damn pitches. It's ridiculous. And if he has a good grip on the ball, if the ball and the seams are not an issue like they've been the last couple of years, then we're in business. But I'm also saying a lot of ifs here, so I admit that. And have we heard anything about the ball? I don't know if you, I don't know if you have the no. – uh, No, I haven't uh, heard much else. Yeah, me either. Okay, yeah. yep. Hopefully, um, I don't know. I, I just quickly brought up you, Darvish, you know, kind of where he's gone over the last month. And close to him is that Granky at 64. I'd rather wait and, get, wait and get Granky. Ew, no way. I oh, would. no way. Oh, wow. We have a strong disagreement on that. I would rather have you, Darvish, all day over Zach Greinke. Oh, well, maybe for another pod. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I, that's hey. Well said, sir. Uh, what about this? Classic Schmidt. Mr. Eric Schmidt says, uh, this could be a hot take, but there is no way I end up with Anthony Rendon on my team. He's coming off a career year, won a World Series, got paid, capital letters, switch leagues, and to a way worse team. I know it's mostly narrative, but there are so many of the third basemen I love above or have larger upside. Yeah, well, some of those things are true, right? He did get paid. He did move leagues and everything like that. Um, I think anytime you're batting around Mike Trout, you're not in a bad position. So I think feel like he's, in a, he's not going to feel the sting of not getting pitched to or anything like that. He's currently, his ADP in front of me, he's going about 20th. Um, the only reason why I wouldn't draft him there is because third base is so deep. It's such a deep position. I feel like you can wait for, I am waiting for Yohan Montada. That, that, oh, yeah. that's kind of where I'm a lot more comfortable. Um, you know, or get a Matt Chapman and make up average somewhere else. If I have an opportunity to grab Jose Ramirez, I'm going to do it. You know, they're roughly around the same, but I can get, possibly around the same amount of home runs, possibly around the same amount of RBIs. I think uh, Rendon's going to hit better average, right? But you're not going to get any steals. And so in that position where he's currently going, I would, unless you're in a points league, right? I mean, points league, things change. You know, you got you to you move quick with that. But I don't have any problem with – I'm not going to say he's, on my, he's, he's not on my do not draft list. He's no. on my I'd rather not draft <laughs> list you know what i'm saying we should have done that <laughs> show uh, right. like a really whiffy kind of a wishy-washy waffling yeah. podcast i'd rather not but you know i may or may not uh, yes. will i or won't i stay tuned um 
What about Raphael Devers, though? You get him five picks later. Would you rather just have Devers than Rendon? Aren't they kind of offering similar skill sets? Or is Devers another youngster who blew up last year and he's going to bounce back to reality? Yeah, and this is kind of where I am going against my age argument. I'd rather have Rendon because, yeah, two picks later is Raphael Devers. Um, I know that uh, Ariel Cohen is big on him. And anytime you know, Ariel speaks about players, I listen. But, you know, if we're going to pick a guy, he had an amazing season last year, not too much before that. Yes, he has a good prospect pedigree, and, you know, he's supposed to be this good. But uh, and I, he's been described as a Nolan Arnato light in a sense. But um, <laughs> I would go Anthony Rendon if, if, you were gonna, if I had to pick one to, to do it with. Easy money Bim Benji says, one player I never draft, Giancarlo Stanton. It never works out, LOL. I, I, feel, I feel like the Yankees feel the same way right now. Honestly. <laughs> yep, I agree. He's going... Stanton's dropped down, though. Since, uh, since that injury came about and more drafts occurred in between that time, he dropped down like 77 ADP. And yep. That's a lot more enticing to me, to be honest with you. It is, yeah. I see him right here. He's about 65 on NFBC. Um, I just can't. I mean, in a shortened season, like I said, if anyone, if he goes on the, the IL, he's going to be gone for at least two weeks. And, I mean, this guy has hurt himself doing almost everything. Um, and, yeah, I, I think the, he's one of the biggest um, – he gets one of the biggest boosts from having all this time off and the the season being delayed but i would I, i'm passing on him everywhere i go i just don't i don't see the upside with home runs being readily available especially at the back end of the draft like i mean i'm hanging my hat on a solaire i'd rather have him without a doubt there it is again jorge solaire blowing up uh, gene carlos Stanton's a guy i've never had on my team most i just can't recall fantasy teams where he's been a part of my process i've avoided it and i've been able to win titles because i'm amazing without him uh, just <laughs> kidding i'm not amazing have you ever so, had a mike stanton? i'm very lame i want that to be clear i'm not cool at all uh mike stanton yeah mike stanton was a part of my squads but once Giancarlo showed up i just couldn't do it anymore yeah he got hurt Honestly, too much you know? it took me way too long to know that that was the same person and i'll just admit it i, I, I was like i wonder what happened john carlos dan i don't know but this, or uh, mike stan but this john carlos guy he's pretty good but um yeah <laughs> see that's the kind of honesty you get here at the plazo podcast we appreciate that and then lastly, uh, Jewel Tommy, Tommy Jewel. He's at Jewel Tommy if you want to follow him. I never, ever draft Nelson Cruz completely off the fact of what he did against the Tigers in the ALCS. I assume he's referencing 2011. Uh, I was at game four. That was a bummer. Uh, the one player I never draft is Bryce Harper because he's overvalued for fantasy as an outfielder, in my opinion. Nelson Cruz, Bryce Harper. Nelson, Nelson Cruz, Cruz, yes. Yes, Nelson Cruz is def um, defying father time every step of the way. I mean, this guy, I don't have any doubt he's going to hit um, a bunch of home runs. He's going to hit for a pretty good average. You're going to get um, – right now he's going around pick 80, which is incredible. Um, I'm fully on the Nelson Cruz bandwagon. Um, the only thing that's kind of shifty with him is that he's you know only utility available, but I don't care. I'd, I'd yeah, rather who cares? fire them up people get I caught up them. in that and that's not i don't think that matters i think people should just move off that if a guy produces for you put him in the slot where he can produce and move on yep completely agree what about bryce harper bryce harper 
I've never drafted him. So <laughs> I, he's just I not not once, and it's because it, and I'm not against drafting him. It's just any time I'm about to draft him, he's already gone. He's he. I don't know if it's because he's good looking or his hair. I don't know quite what handsome. it is. But quite handsome. He's a good looking guy, and for whatever reason, that plays out pretty well in uh, fantasy baseball, at least in the leagues that I've been in. Um, great OBP. You know, if he's an OBP league, snatch him up. I think he's gonna he's gonna go back to getting you swipes. Um, it's hard to say kind of what numbers to expect from him because of this the short the short season. But you know, in a normal season, I think he's still you know gonna get you thirty five home runs. He's gonna get you close to twenty stolen bases. The average is always up in the air, right? He might hit. 240, 250, you could hit, you could contend for a batting title. We don't know. Um, but from where he's going, he's going right now 21, um, just around there. I'd rather have JD Martinez and make up the 15 swipe somewhere else. But so he's probably, again, he's probably a not for me kind of guy, but he's definitely nowhere near my do not draft list. What about you? I would draft him. I, I wouldn't reach for him though. I would. I like him where he's at. I think it's rock solid. And if I get him, you know, in the early twenties, that's perfect for me. But I'm not going to jump up to get him. And I'll happily take him if he goes later, of course. But Bryce Harper is a guy. I think we need to get on board now. He's 27, and this is. A guy it's crazy. Who he's only 27. Him. Yeah, it right? seems like he'd be so much. He's been. It feels like he's been in the league for forever. Because he has. He basically, yeah. the, he played the whole last decade, essentially, 2012 on, and he played full seasons. Oh. I mean, when he wasn't hurt, he played as much as he could. And I just think everybody needs to get on board now because these next three or four years are a time where you can ride him. If you're going to be in a keeper league and you can get your hands on him and you can keep players for a couple of seasons, I would, I would really jump on this. It's obvious you would jump on him for an OBP league. But even beyond an OBP league, I think he, this is someone – who you can rely on, and the best is yet to come. There's nothing to base that oh. on. There's nothing to base that on. It's just pure speculation. That's all I can do here. I look. I think you brought up his uh, Google image, and you're just falling in love with his eyes, <laughs> as you say. Damn. <laughs> look at that man. Good lord. But his his batting average, the 319 in 2017. That is something that we saw one other season when he hit 330 and won the MVP. So yep. it could happen. It's it's happened before. So to say that won't happen again is not fair because he's done it twice. And I just feel like he's in a great lineup. And what happened last year with Gabe Kapler and the Phillies is my main argument based around that because Gabe Kapler and his hitting coach screwed up Reese Hoskins. He screwed up everything. Everything went to hell. They had a lot of players that I really liked in a, in a ballpark where you can smash. Yep. So now... I can't wait till 2021 when they get to play a full season with Joe Girardi and a stability. I think the best is yet to come. I really do. I mean, I cannot argue with that. Like I, anytime he has every tool you could possibly imagine, he plays hard. You know, he's not going to sit games out. You know, I, I wouldn't say he's injury prone. Some have called him that, but I don't think so at all. Um, yeah. yeah, I think he's going to be um, – I don't know if I would be up on him too much on a dynasty, even though you probably could get him a lot later. I think people in a weird way kind of sleep on him in dynasty leagues. Mm -hmm. um, but at where he's going, I don't have any problem with it. Well, we got 
all of your tweets in. So thanks for tweeting at us. We do appreciate that. That was a lot of fun. That was like a rare time that's ever happened on the show. So good job. I don't know if uh, it's because we have Martin on. It probably is. It's probably because everybody <laughs> heard that you were coming on the show and people wanted to participate. So thanks for boosting the uh, excitement on the show. You really nailed it. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, I had to bring the, uh, bring the army, you know, to make sure. But uh, no, this has been a lot of fun. Is there anybody that we didn't get to on your list that you're just dying to get out before we go? Let me, let me take a look here at the old, uh, yeah, okay, yes. Shohei Otani, right? I, I'm going to completely stay away from Shohei Otani this year. Um, and that's less to do with how good of a baseball player he is. I think as a baseball player, he's incredible. But there's just too many question marks on how they're going to schedule out him. So he's going to be – uh, you know, he pitches and bats, right? So I would assume they're going to hold the same schedule that they did last year where he pitches, takes a day off, hits three days in a row, takes a day off, then pitches. Um, as a guy who's already injury prone and he likes to steal bases and he plays hard, there's just so, there's just so much room for air there. And so where his ADP is 114, um, Lance Lynn is available as a pitcher at that time at 115 and Oscar Marcado is available at 116 as a hitter who can get you some swipes. So for me, Shohei Otani, it's, it's a no go Too injury prone, too many question marks on a shortened question mark of a season. I love Shohei Otani. I want all of it. Give me all <laughs> Otani I can get. I don't know if you're in a CBS league or a Yahoo league. I'm in a Yahoo league, league too. So they're two separate players mostly. Yeah. So that, that actually that. plays a part. It's, that drives me I mean, nuts. it's one person. No, I don't get it. it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I'd rather be in a fan tracks league where like, where you, you get what you need. You get one player who counts, you know, there's just leagues like Yahoo are very popular, but they're so living in the past. And that's a whole another argument. Again, we basically created like four episodes that we could do out of this one yeah. podcast. It's pretty impressive. Well, this is the uh, this is the time to dive in and do as many podcasts as you can. So, um, <laughs> I'm I'm uh, always um, you know be more than happy to be on again. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun having you on. I've really enjoyed this. Uh, why don't you remind everybody who you are, where you can find you, and why people should connect with you? I want a well laid out argument with a thesis and everything. Absolutely. Yeah. I love talking about myself. Um, no. Um, yeah. So Marty Tallman, again, you can find me on the, the Twitter sphere at Tallman MT, um, covering primarily the Detroit Tigers for Motor City Bengals, which is a fan-sided affiliated blog. Um, you're going to see a lot of uh, fantasy on there, a lot of fantasy statistics, not just Tiger Central. Uh, but to all of the uh, all the industry and my retweet game is top notch so um, be looking out here I'm going to be producing articles rapidly over the next few months um, getting ready for the season what we hope is going to be a season and um, yeah again just super excited to be on really grateful well, let's give Marty a chance, you know, let's really connect with him. I think you guys should all follow him and just give him some love. He deserves it. He's a really cool dude. I mean, I don't even know the guy and I've been talking to him like we've known each other for a couple of years. This is a guy <laughs> you could talk sports with. You could talk baseball. He also knows the Pistons very well. He knows he doesn't have to talk NFL because he chooses not to, which is wise. But I like what you got going on. I also want to give a shout out to one of your compadres and uh, Roger Castillo. He's a cool dude. I've gotten to know him on Twitter Great a little guy. bit. He's got a great musical taste, and uh, I've been enjoying getting to know him through his tweets. So shout out to you, Roger. You are a really cool dude, and uh, you know maybe uh, maybe I'll get to do a pod with him one day. Who knows? He seems like a sweet dude. 
Yeah, and really brief on Roger, you know, with the short amount of time I've been in the industry and everything like that, he's been nothing but incredible, you know, super helpful, um, knowledgeable, and just, yeah, willing to help, you know, and he's, uh, you know, he's uh, one of the good guys in this in this industry, so I appreciate it. This has been the Hey, It's Enrico Palazzo Baseball Podcast, at Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's on Twitter and Instagram, and email us. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. And you can also check me out later this week. I'll be on the Turn 2 Podcast with Matt Williams. That's at Turn 2 Podcast. And, uh, yeah, any final words? Um, let's just hope we're going to have a season here and the, uh, the owners can stop being greedy. Pay the players. You know, they're the ones putting themselves on the line day in, day out while they sit in their ivory tower. So pay them and we'll be able to watch some baseball. Thanks again, Martin. We'll see you. I've gone through this transformation deal for you. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.